This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. So I have known today's guest for more than 20 years, which simultaneously warms my heart and makes me extremely nervous about all the dumb stuff he may remember me doing. Mike Errico is a musician, writer, and lecturing professor who teaches songwriting at places like Yale, Wesleyan, and NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music. Plus, he's just a really great guy. We're going to talk about his very cool new book, Music, Lyrics, and Life, a field guide for for the advancing songwriter, which has great advice, not just for songwriters, but for anyone embarking on any kind of creative endeavor. Mr. Mike Errico, the microphone is all yours. Thank you. How are you very, doing? Very good to see you, my friend. You too. You too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I'm sure a lot of your fans are, are listening and you do have quite a number of fans. You've been performing and recording for how long? Uh, my first uh, real, my label debut was in 1999, and my first gig was Woodstock 99. Was it really? Yes, indeed. Wow. So did you yes. chill with the Limp Bizkit guys? Uh, I did not. We actually ran uh, <laughs> out of the place. But I, uh, <laughs> I played an emerging artist stage. I was solo. Uh, there was a man, a blue, a painted blue, naked with a sock on his genitalia. And I sang him love songs for about <laughs> 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. That's my entrance to the music industry. There you go. You should have just packed it in there. Like it's not getting <laughs> any better than this. this... <laughs> I know. I hit it. I hit it on the, on the nose. <laughs> That's that's awesome. So let's. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but I, I guess you know, for people who are are big uh, music fans or want to be in the music business, you are a person who is in the music business, which is not an easy thing to do. So, um, uh, and you have students now. So what do, what do you tell? What do you advise them about just the sort of um, making a living doing this of it all? Um, I think what I try to do, I get them early. Usually I have an introductory course, which I think is, I'm, I'm glad to have. And I kind of tell them to really try to draw their own targets early, right? Um, uh, what is a song? What is success? What is a hit? Why am I here? You know, uh, I think a lot of people don't think about that stuff, no matter what they're doing. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, I just want to be big or I just want to play Woodstock 99, <laughs> you know, and then the, re- and, um, but getting them to d- 
determine why they're doing what they're doing mm. actually changes their mindset um, and it gets them on a better uh, path. You know, it gets them on a more healthy path because right. there's a lot of people who have like real hit songs who end up really in bad places as people. Mm. You know, right. I, I try and stress like, how are you going to do this? But how are you going to do this? And like, have a good life. Right. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's great advice for anyone kind of doing anything. Uh, you know, are yeah. it's it's not it's not a a problem if you want to start a business because you want to make a lot of money if that's what your goal is. But but knowing what your goal is, I think, is pretty pretty strong advice. Absolutely. Um, I and that's really what I stress to them because they really don't know. You know, a lot of times they just don't even. No. And so one of the first things I tell them to do is to start uh, journaling and mm. write stuff down, ideate, you know, just like come up with the ideas of like, why am I here? Why did I do this? Why did I pick up a guitar? Was I just trying to, you know, piss off my mom or, you know, <laughs> did I really, uh, was I just drawn to it because of my incredible talent or, you know, did the guy down the street was cool. So I did it. You know, there's yeah. so many reasons why people get into something in any of any type, business, anything like that. Um, but if you get to the bottom of the why, then I think you can move forward in a with a clearer mind. And I think you get better results. So so that's awesome. And let me ask you this. That's that is great advice. What has made you want to share this advice? What made you say? Um, that you want to write this book. I, I guess what I'm asking, Mike Erico, is who the hell are you to write a book? It, absolutely. It's a great it's a great question. Who am I to be teaching? Was another question, which is actually the question I asked the people who hired me. Um, I like I start the book. Basically, what happened is I was born ass first. And I'm, I apologize if you have to not believe that. <laughs> I was born as a, a breach birth, I was backward. And like the joke in the house is that I never turned around. Right? <laughs> so I didn't really necessarily want to be in the music industry. Um, but my dad took a songwriting course. He's a pianist. He took a songwriting course and hated it, but didn't want to ask for his money back. And we have the same name. Right. So I started taking the class. I just walked in the next day, like as him. And they were like, all right. So then I started doing that. And then I get this record deals and I'm doing this whatever years later. And then a friend of mine who was a dean at a college was like, you know what? You really should teach this. You should come in and talk to the students about this kind of thing. And I was like, I, I can't do that. I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever. And so he didn't listen to me and, and booked me. And that was in 2013. I've been, I've been uh, teaching ever since. And What's happened is, I'm sorry if I'm running off at the mouth, but like, um, there's something really narcissistic about music, and there's something really generous about teaching that is closer to my center. You know what All I mean? Right. It took a long, it was a long trip to actually learn something enough to be able to be generous with it. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, and you know, having seen you perform you uh you know you you would teach how you built us you'd build a song right in front of people's eyes and what i mean by that I, i'm not sure what the song is called but 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 you just started with your 
acoustic guitar and you'd sort of like bang out a beat on it and record it on the spot and loop it. And mm -hmm. you could do a much better uh, job of explaining what you did. But, yeah. you know, for everyone listening, you would just watch Mike, you know, sort of tap on some things and strum some things and loop the things right in front of your face. And then all of a sudden there's just this song comes alive, which was which was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's um yeah, there's an there's an early sort of loop uh, machine. I mean, a, a lot of people do it uh, now. Um, and uh, it's, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do live came out of not being able to afford other people who mm. who would play it you know like so i didn't i couldn't afford a drummer so i started banging on the guitar to to be able to have that sound and then there was loop pedals were invented and then i uh used them you know and so um so yeah a lot of that stuff just comes from need you know right 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 uh yeah so that's that's how i that's how i uh I did it. Yeah. So it was cool because it, you know, as an audience member, you just, you just get sucked into this. It's, yeah. it's, it, uh, it was, it was a very cool thing to witness. Um, so let's talk about this book of yours, um, hmm. music, lyrics, and life, a field guide for the advancing songwriter. So, uh, this isn't exactly, exactly what it sounds like. Uh, you are teaching people about songwriting, but uh, kind of, you talk to some interesting people who maybe you wouldn't think would have uh, an impact on writing a song. Um, how, how did this idea sort of bubble to the top and uh, something that you sat down and said, hey, uh, I'm going to bang this out? Um, well, what happened was I started doing office hours. And if you think like, uh, you know, our, one is unqualified to teach, once you get into office hours, you get really sort of intimate with with a student and their problems or whatever. So um, there's a lot of crying in office hours. There's a lot of uh, I don't know what I'm doing, a lot of banging on a table and like all of that, that kind of frustration and everything. Um, but I found out there was not a lot of conversation about songwriting in oh. office hours. Right. There was much more life oriented stuff. So what I did was I answered the questions that the students asked me, and it took me to, uh, I guess, some sort of unexpected places. Like a great example is I remember saying something in class about like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if like you repeated something, like repeated a phrase of some sort, you know, hey, Jude, or whatever. I don't want to sing because then you have a rights problem. But um, <laughs> But the answer that came back to me was, oh, you just want that because we're not in music class. We're in music industry class. And I was like, wow, that's I didn't sleep that night. And I was like, you know what? That's a really great, great question. Why would I have asked this person to repeat something? Why do we like repetition? It became like the, my question. Right. So what I had to do was like my favorite song, my favorite movie is actually Contact by that stars Jodie Foster. It was like a yeah. six movie or whatever. But they get a, they get a message from space, and the message repeats over and over again. And I was like, "There's something about this repetition thing." So I started reading about repetition, right? And there's so much about it, like Kierkegaard and 
Vico and Virginia Woolf and like all these people, Nietzsche, like everybody's got something to say about repetition. So what I did is I went to this astronomer, uh, Jan Eleven, who wrote a book called uh, Black Hole Blues um, about, uh, about listening for the sound of black holes that collide in space. And I asked, I was like, she sounds like, she sounds cool. <laughs> you know? So I, I was lucky. I had a friend of a friend or whatever. I got to her and I asked her, what, what is the deal with repetition? Like, why would a song repeat? Why is contact repeating? Um, and she's like, and it was, it's because um, math made us. The laws of physics are our ancestors. And, and what we hear is actually an echo of the sound of our atoms and the math that actually came together in our evolution. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> it was like my head just completely exploded. And she was like, you know, the math, because math is realer than reality. Like I can do the uh, calculations for pi and someone in Bangladesh can have, will have done it 200 years ago. We get the same thing. <laughs> that's reality repetition is what reality is and everything else is like a, a figment of that wow that's awesome right. <laughs> so i mean so i went down like these rabbit holes and i was like you know what i get to do this i'm just gonna go and i yeah. did like, a whole bunch of different times um it got really weird but that's yeah. a, that was a really fun one. <laughs> that's uh that's cool so now when you're reaching out to people as experts for this, um, did people wonder, wait a minute, you're writing a book about music. Why are you talking to me? Like, did, did it make sense to them? Or was there convincing involved? There was convincing involved. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, they, but you know what? People who are curious and curious minded are down. Yeah. They're down for all sorts of weirdness, you know? So, cause the weirdness is how they got weird to begin with. That's how they got interested. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I feel like I could have said much crazier things to them and they would have been like, okay, <laughs> let's try it. You know, cause they're very experimental sort of folks, you know? Right. Right. Uh, that's, that's very cool. So let's, so let's talk a little bit about, um, so I, I, what was the process, the writing process like for you? Like how long, from that idea to, you know, today. Um, and actually we should mention when is the book actually out and available? I know it's, as we're speaking, it's available for pre-order. Yes, it is. It is available now, but it uh, is rolling out of the, I don't know, wherever um, on November 1st. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Um, but, but, but back to, back to my question. Yes. So November 1st, it's coming out. Yes. What, what's been the road to this point? <laughs> well, actually there's a, a there's a, a chapter on this, uh, where this book, first of all, I just knew that I wanted to write one. There's no reason behind that. Right. Okay. That was like, just one of those, like, why? Because. Yeah. So, and that was many years ago. I mean, that's as long as maybe as long as we've known each other. Okay. Um, and I started and I wrote one and it sucked. It was horrible. And then I, so I was like, okay. And then I wrote another one and it was terrible. And then I wrote a third and I abandoned it because it was going terribly. 
And then I wrote a fourth one. And I had been teaching at this point. So I, the big idea was like, so here's my not interesting life. And the teaching that got me, you know, onto an, uh, the next plane or whatever. And I got somebody from the industry, the book industry, to read it. And they were like, yeah, um, this is half terrible and half really good. <laughs> so if you want to do this, because of course they're like, I don't know what your art has to say about it or whatever. But they're <laughs> like, if you took the bad half out and added more of the not bad part, you would yeah. have a good book. And like, that's literally what I did. And like, wow. yeah, each one of those steps was like a couple of years. Wow. So um, now I'm sure there's a lot of people who have read your books and would disagree with you on their uh, terribleness. But uh, but if that's the way you feel, um, my question is, how do you push through that? You know, sometimes oh, yeah. we do something that we feel is terrible and we're like, I'm never doing that again. So what oh, what yeah. was your what 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 kind of made you persist? Um, I don't know. I should say that those other terrible books, no one read. Like they were just terrible. It's, it's not like I put them out and they were terrible. It was like they were too terrible for that. <laughs> so like no one really read it. Like like my wife read one and she was like, huh, wow. Uh, you know, like you could just see her like rethinking her choices. Um, but, 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 but anyway, what got me to keep going was I just really like it. Mm. You know, and it was it was more enjoyable than it was awful to feel. You know the result, right? Like, right. I and I I really can't explain it beyond that. It's just something. It's just something I wanted to do. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't get a lot of those. Like you know, I did all the sports in high school and college, and I never was like you know lacrosse. I just I just really, or whatever, you know, like yeah, right. Greco-Roman wrestling. <laughs> That's something I want to do, but as, on an amateur level. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something like that. But um, yeah, it was, that's how I went mm -hmm. through it. You know? Do you have, um, do, do you have like a, a method? Uh, I mean, you're, you're a busy guy. You're you're a dad. Do you squeeze it, the writing in when you can, or do you set aside? This is daddy's writing time. How does mm -hmm. that work? That does not work. Whatever that was, daddy's yeah. writing time. <laughs> no. More coming up from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsor. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going so great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you work so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash smallbusiness. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of Get a Real Job is presented by State Farm. And our next sponsor... 
there are traditional jobs and untraditional callings. The first may offer stability, but for some folks, there's an itch that a nine to five just can't scratch. And when the pressure is on to find success on your chosen path, you need tech you can rely on. Even better, a singular mobile device that lets you get everything you need done from wherever you are. Introducing Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G, a powerful foldable device that is opening up a new world of mobile productivity, giving you greater flexibility to get work done. The Galaxy Z Fold is not just a phone. Open it out and it becomes a tablet with an edge-to-edge 7.6-inch screen. Connect it wirelessly to a smart monitor or TV and it delivers a PC-like computing experience. You can even flex the Galaxy Z Fold 3 so it stands upright on its own while you video conference hands-free. In tablet mode, you can use the multi-active window to work simultaneously across three apps. With Galaxy Z Fold 3, you can carry less and do more. Learn more at samsung.com slash galaxy Z for work. That's samsung.com slash galaxy Z for work. And we're back. Well, you know, the way I, I got to teach my students about journaling is I got it. I'm in a journalist, right? So a lot of this came out of journaling and, uh, and then quarantine and, and you know, COVID and everything like that hit. But I really hit a stride because, again, I can't explain it, but I would just wake up at five. No alarm, nothing. Now, you can't get me out of bed. Yeah. But for that whole stretch, I was up at five. I was already like halfway through a sentence by the time I was able to get the... Um, uh, the cup of coffee to the table to get to the laptop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. My coffee machine is still programmed to make coffee at that time. So now I wake up and it's cold. Yeah, right. um, so I, <laughs> I have to fix that and I just have not done that. But um, but I just got up and I was just, I just had to, you know. I It's funny, I, did, I never really thought about it in, in, like, in that way. But um, But yeah, so I would write until they woke up. Until That's, the rest of the house woke up. Right, right. That's and great. That was, and, that, and then my day was over, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you guys. I, I would suggest you add a, a a pandemic puppy to the mix if you really want oh to just God. completely I, flush your life down the toilet. My um, parents. <laughs> so, um, so, so you you wrote in the mornings and and when you can, um, you finished this book and now. Here's something that you've been uh, ever since I've known you. You you've been really good at um, connecting with your audience, letting them know what you're up to, but in a like a very authentic way. You know, it, it you're on social media a lot, but it doesn't feel like you're like pushing things. Um, right. Can you talk about that your relationship with your audience? Because I feel like it's it's a very natural thing that you've had. And, and long before social media existed, you were, you kind of building this, uh, this, this following and really making people feel like they're part of a team or something. I'm not sure how to, uh, to sure. Say, say it. Sure. Um, I think that comes again from the initial why, you know, and like, you know, and I see that now, I only really understand that now talking to my students. Cause I have some students who are just like, you know what? 
I'm going to play Madison Square Garden and I'll get you a backstage pass. And that's the kind of person they are, you know, right. and I'm like go get them, whatever. But like for my thought, I was always like the biggest place I would want to play would be like in New York City would be like the Beacon. You know, mm -hmm. if you were in Nashville, it would be the Ryman, which I've played. Uh, but I mean, these are beautiful rooms, but they're not Madison Square Garden, right? Right. So there's just something about the ambition of that that might work against uh, being like a big music person, you know, being like Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga wasn't like, you know what? I just want to play like the coffee houses, you know? <laughs> like she's not like, that. that's not her thing. So I guess I don't have the ego and I guess the, the lack, that, that less, that sort of more down kind of vibe um, I put it across uh, to others, I, and I, 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 I don't talk down or up. I just sort of, <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm just sort of like, just keep it on the, keep it, just sort of chill, you know. Right, right. Um, I, I've had people yell at me for that, like, dude, you, you, you know, you should wear like big boots or like, you know what I mean? Do you like sparkle jacket? Can you get like? And I just, I'm like. It's just not my, it's just not me, you know? So it's not me in life, so it's not me online. Right, so. right. That's great. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some of the things that you've learned from the people that you talk to in this book that, you know, people could use, you know, whether they're trying to write a book or they're trying to launch an app or they're trying to open a brick and mortar store, you know, they're trying to launch their dream uh, there's a lot of things, obstacles that get in the way of us doing that. But uh, are there any things that you heard along uh, during these interviews or along the way that really like kind of you found yeah. were a good way to sort of push through those moments? Absolutely. Um, and I really thought about that. I was writing the book with that in mind because I don't really think that all my students are going to end up being songwriters. Mm. I mean, it would be crazy. like. Can you imagine being like a high school physics teacher and being like, they're all going to reinvent like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all going to be famous physicists. Like there's just no way. So like I, I have, I don't have illusions on that. So with the book, I was like, I want to open it so that these skills are transferable, you know? So like, um, again, this idea of success being an internal conversation, you know, is, is, is something that I've, definitely gotten into. And the example I gave uh, in the book and I give in class is this 17th century alchemist named Hennig Brand, who was looking for the philosopher's stone, which is gold, right? So the recipe for gold, whatever. But he figured that gold uh, was possible to find if he were to boil like gallons and gallons of urine, right? Like, <laughs> There was one moment where he boiled over a two-week period or something like this, 1,200 gallons oh of urine, right? And he's like, dude, here comes the gold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, never mind. It's the 17th century that like over a thousand gallons of urine is being boiled. The smell. I just, oh my God. You know where what do, I mean? Where do you procure a thousand gallons of, of urine? That's uh, another question. He was in, uh, he had a lot apparently of willing volunteers. I can imagine. Um, 
I guess you know, what else are you going to do in the 17th century? Let's I, totally. Let's go totally. to Henning's place and piss in the barrel. <laughs> totally. He's he's got this great idea. He just needs you to pee in a bucket. Just like let's just go there and then we'll go to the pub or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so so he did that. Right. He boiled it down. He had this whole recipe. And um, guess what did not happen, right? I mean, mm. it was like there was no gold, but there was this weird lump. He got this weird, oily, disgusting, horrific lump that was highly flammable. <laughs> so it caught fire super easy, and it burned incredibly bright, right? Okay. So he put together the words "foss," which is light, and forest, which is bearer, and he had he found phosphorus. Wow. He basically had distilled phosphorus. So the question is, success is an internal conversation. <laughs> Did he fail? I don't know. I think we're still talking about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's not gold. Fair. It's certainly not gold. Right. But um, but it's not a failure, it's a success at something else. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like that's that's great. You, and, um, and like, there are like, of course, there's like drier examples of that. Like uh, James Baldwin was like, you know, you start, you start by writing a book and you end up settling for the book you get, which okay. is like also my life or whatever. But like, but you know, the, the book that he got, the books that he got, not bad. Yeah, not, not, not too like, bad. <laughs> not too bad. I mean, John Steinbeck said the same thing and it was like, he got grapes of wrath. He was like, oh, this piece of garbage, right? I mean, like he was convinced that he was yeah. doing like the most horrible thing. So, I mean, when you figure out what success is, I think the business school example for this is Post-it Note, right? I mean, they talk about that a lot, right? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Failed glue, greatest thing that ever happened to, uh, you know. Right, uh, right. Uh, so that's great. Um, yeah, there's uh, the story uh, about, uh, I guess, Stephen King, his first draft of Carrie he threw in the garbage and his wife fished it out and yep there you go that's one of the great 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 books on writing on writing he talks about it oh yeah 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 in, yeah, in the book on writing um i uh i have a bibliography in the back of the book of like non songwriting books for songwriters yeah but they really are books like on writing uh and 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 other types of writing books do you, uh, are you, um, are, do you prefer or do you like them equally or, uh, writing or performing? Um, uh, they're, they're, they're really different. Um, I I, it's funny. I can't, um, distinguish performing at a show with having to get to the show. Okay. <laughs> having to get to the show. I think it was like Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols was like, we play for free. You pay us to travel. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> travel is the worst. And now I feel like heart goes out to my students now. Like this whole yeah. 2020 was a disaster for them. Yeah, right. 2021, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying out. They're starting to, they're starting to play out again, which is, which is great. And it's also great for them for the ones who are like 21, you know, whatever, but the ones who have graduated are like 27, 28, you know, in that sort of zone where mm -hmm. it's like, that may be like a real part of their, um, uh, a real part of their income. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. It's been a 
it's been hard uh, for them. So right now, writing for sure, uh, performing is has really undergone, has really gotten hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, but it, it, in that in that business part of things, um, you uh, you know you you've had this amazing career in music. Um, do you do your students ever talk to you about like how do I keep the lights on in my apartment? Um, do they talk mm-hmm. about the financial part of of doing that? Um, they do, and they don't do it enough, but they mm-hmm. do. I have like a dream uh, class that I would love to teach is simply called "How Do I Get Paid?" Like, yeah, that will be the class. Right, right. Um, and you know, week after week, it'd be like merch, booking, touring, streaming music, whatever, t-shirts. I don't know if that's a good. I don't think you could do a week in college on t-shirts, but something. You know, like all of the different ways that you get um, paid. But we definitely do talk about strategies mm. um, uh, that will that will help, and a lot. A lot of it has to do with uh, producing, uh, you know, getting into larger companies and sort of being an entrepreneur, as they call it. Yeah. That's a big word for you. Um, uh, your competing magazine, <laughs> your, your shadow magazine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that someone's publishing in the cubicle next to me. I'm not even aware of it. Um, yeah. So stuff stuff like that is, is, is what we talk about. And, uh, the value it's it's tough, but the value of internships, um, it's very hard to be an apprentice now. Yeah. If you can find that, uh, sometimes you get hot, you get hired on. Right. Right. Like I hate to tell people to work for free, but sometimes it works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your book, uh, as we said, is going to be readily available November 1st. It's, it's available for pre-order now, uh, on Amazon, uh, your website, um, any other, any other things that, that, uh, listeners should be, uh, tuning into for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's available just sort of everywhere. And, um, I've been, uh, sort of, I've sort of gone a different direction here with uh, social media. So I'm like, I'm on TikTok and on like Instagram and I'm doing sort of small uh, nuggets that are songwriting based, but they're not like songwriters are watching them and like, this isn't really about songwriting. And I'm like, (laughs) no, that's the life part, you know, (laughs) like what is success? What is a manifesto? You know, like what is it to mature into the thing that you really know how to do um or what is it like to sort of collaborate and negotiate you know i mean when you're a co-writer this is you have to do this all the time right right but it's and it's and it's very abstract you know i wrote 50 percent of the song well i don't know it may yeah like it can be like you know so stuff like uh stuff like that is is sort of what i'm uh, i'm doing there um of course you know i write music there's Spotify sitting there doing its thing, <laughs> spinning my tunes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I would love to ask people to sign my mailing list. 
Mm. That's it. So we can keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and I I encourage people to do that because, as I said before, Mike is very. Uh, as you could tell, he's a, he's a jerk. Uh, and that's <laughs> coming across very. Uh, <laughs> no, he's. Wow. Uh, Mike, yeah. Mike is what, what, what you've heard is what you get. Uh, and especially if you, if you are into beautiful guitars, there's a healthy dose of guitar porn on his, uh, uh, social media. How many guitars is, does a Mike Errico own at this point? I, I, I'm looking at the fleet over here. It's for, for my friends, it's low, but it's about 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is about that. Um, uh, they're, they're like tools in the kit. Yeah. Yeah. Some people see just hammers. I see an array. <laughs> I see an all a screwdriver, a vice grip. <laughs> uh, so I, I stopped you there though. So to sign up where, where they do that. Um, my website is erico.com erico.com and then my final question uh so mike uh maybe a year ago was uh kind enough to let my teenage son interview him for a story he was writing for the the yale daily news and uh so i gotta ask you mike who's a better interviewer me or henry bova it is really really close i can see where he got his skills (laughs) (laughs) i'll accept that Well, very cool, man. Uh, I appreciate your time, and I, I heartily recommend this book for anyone who's looking to get inspired to write music, write a book, or or do anything, create anything. Uh, it'll it'll really fire fire you up. So, thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. Great talking to you, my friend. Yeah, really fun. All right, cool. Super fun. Enjoy uh, the rest of quarantine. Thanks so much. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go stick stuff up my nose now. <laughs> I'm going to smear on things and come up negative. All right. Let's do it. Negative, negative, negative. All right, man. Great talking to you. You too. Be well. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. People go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.